It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jibber jabber with JPJ. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Jibber Jabber. I'm joined by Devin Ruskin. It's been a long weekend. I haven't seen you in a while. And to my understanding, you just moved back to L.A. over the 4th of July weekend. How was that? I'm officially in L.A. Um, Having the time of my life. I've already seen zero celebrities, but I like to pretend I have. Oh, Um, of course. The flight was good. I brought my cat. He immediately shit himself on the plane. And oh, no. You brought your cat with you? <laughs> yeah, I brought my cat. <laughs> I would have been so mad at you. I am deathly allergic to cats. Almost can't first breathe when I'm in their presence. Yeah, I said to the person next to me, I hope you weren't allergic to cats because oh, mine's gosh, 25 pounds. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That would have set me off. I am so allergic. <laughs> and I don't just carry allergy medicine with me when I travel. Oh, yeah. my gosh. But hey, good for but, you. Uh, That's really nice. Yeah, he's not potty trained apparently. Uh, got Oof. home, watched him immediately, and oh, now nice. I'm just getting furniture, oh, f- going on Bumble. Oh, it's, fun! The guys here That's are great. incredible. They're all engineers, so it's already oh, step up from Florida. <laughs> I could totally see you dating an engineer. Way to go, Devin! I Get have after to. it. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. That's... I mean, I'm not an engineer, but congrats to me for maybe mating with. You're an what? engineer of comedy. Give yourself some credit. Oh, I thank Devin. you. Yeah. And how was your weekend? How was your Fourth of July? Yeah, it was great. I smoked two ten-pound pork shoulders for everybody. We caught over a hundred crabs and had a big crab feast. And Whoa. it took me. 10 hours to smoke those two 10-pound pork shoulders. And I had a little cherry barbecue sauce on the side, which I made. So everybody was really full and happy on the 4th of July. Cherry barbecue sauce? Cherry barbecue sauce. And I smoked that pork shoulder for 10 hours. I was hitting it with smoke every 45 minutes. We just finished the last of it yesterday. And I'm really sad because... I know. I really wanted, I had to buy a new smoker because my old one blew a circuit. And so literally on the day before the 4th of July, I had to go to Lowe's, buy a new smoker. But my girlfriend convinced me to get the lower end of the smokers because she literally told me, Mm. why do you need to get, why do you need a smoker that smokes 10 pork shoulders? Well, because I don't like to spend multiple Saturdays smoking pork shoulders. It's a very involved process, but I got, I got the smaller, uh, smoker that can only smoke four pork shoulders that was my major <laughs> conflict over the weekend but had a really great fourth of july and it was a lot of fun and Good. i also went to uh, uh somebody made my day uh the other night i went to 
like a, a meeting for this mission trip that I'm doing with these high schoolers, and I sat down at a table. Huh. I've, I've so recently, I've been feeling really old. I'm going to turn 27 this year. Adulthood. Wow, just, grandpa alert. Yeah, adulthood smacked me in the face when I turned 25, and I'm less than six months away from turning 27, so... That's been dawning on me, but I sat down at this meeting for this mission trip the other night, and one of the high school students asked me what grade I was going into. I was so oh, excited. That's awesome. I know. I couldn't believe it. It was. It really made my day. You do look very young. Oh. I do have to say, you hey, have a baby face. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> I. I look. I. I don't know what I did to deserve. Uh, this, uh, what seems to be a youthful face, but I'll take it. So Yeah, you could easily pass as a 12th grader, for sure. Oh my gosh. You know, I, <laughs> for some reason, I feel like that should be insulting. I think some people would take that as, insult, in, as an insult, but I'll take it. I appreciate it, because I do not <laughs> feel young at all. I'm tired all the time. I get angry easily. The little things uh, are starting to bother me because I feel like half my life is cooking and just feeding myself. My body deteriorates much faster than it did when I was in high school. At least I think it does. Oh, my gosh. So I feel old, but that really made my day. It was a great 4th of July weekend, but I am so <laughs> excited now because our days are going to get even better because we get to talk to Hannah Burner. She's hilarious. I really can't wait for this conversation. It's going to be fun. She's a former tennis player for the Wisconsin Badgers. She was the star of the hit show Summer House on Bravo, a host on a Bravo's chat room. She currently hosts two podcasts, Giggly Squad and Burning in Hell. And she's now pursuing her stand-up comedy career in her tour, House Broken, in select comedy clubs across the country. Please enjoy listening to my conversation with the multi-talented Hannah Burner. Hannah Burner, it is great to see you. It's been almost two years since we've interacted with each other socially. Uh, there's been a little bit of back and forth here and there on Instagram, but... I missed you. You are one of the most vitalizing <laughs> characters I've ever come across in this strange endeavor I've been on in the last two years. Um, the last time we met, it was really uh, a strangely magical like couple of days. Uh, I don't know if you remember the last time we actually saw each other was not on your podcast. It was at our former manager's son's bar mitzvah do you remember that a boogie with a hoodie was performing and and there were I would all never these things. forget it was the most iconic all the kids were cooler than us we were looking at each other yeah. they didn't give a fuck that we were on tv the kids didn't give a crap the parents <laughs> boogie didn't give a crap with a hoodie definitely did not give a crap i didn't get to meet a boogie with a hoodie even though we were all managed by the same person that never that never happened but it was just such a strange moment in time that it was a lot of fun. I look back at it and I, I, I smile because that a moment like that. How could that, you not bond at a bar mitzvah like that? It you was, were what was the theme? Yeah. The theme was rich. <laughs> Aren't yeah, they all? Yeah, yeah, was it in it New was, York or LA? A, just, ima New York. Just, just imagine okay. the Kardashians. Just imagine one of the Kardashians having a bar mitzvah or a bat mitzvah. <laughs> sorry. Rather. The Jewish Kardashians. And, 
Yeah, literally. <laughs> just imagine one of the Kardashians throwing a bat the mitzvah, Feldsteins. and that's literally what it was. Um, also, guys, I, I apologize in- that my hair is wet for this podcast. I look like Do I just not- escaped oh my gosh. from the swamp. You and I both. <laughs> um, this headphone configuration is a little odd, so I'm not going to hassle with it. But my head is wet too. I just got done working t- out. You couldn't make. The- I played some tennis. I wanted to be fresh for this. You still okay, play tennis? Stop bragging about working out. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, working totally out is a strong term. Oh. It's too fucking hot. I hit like two balls and I was like, ah. Um, oh, crap. I also like the, ba- I'm just catching up. I like the books in the background, JPJ. It looks oh, like you know it. what you're talking about. It's it, it's just a matter of circumstance, uh, actually. <laughs> They're actually not my books. Um, but I appreciate it. That's, that's awfully kind coming from you. But real quick, Hannah, I just want to reminisce about this because this moment will never happen again for the rest of my life. We were both, I just want to recap, you gave me a little patch of comfort in that really strange interaction. We were both super uncomfortable. Nobody wanted to talk to us. There were all these multi-billionaires around us, and nobody wanted to talk to us. We were so uncomfortable. I even asked you if you wanted to hang out with me and my friends afterwards, and you were like, no, I'm tired. I'm going to go home and take a nap, <laughs> which, is totally, which is totally cool. I completely understand, but... That was a really, uh, that was a really interesting point in time, and I understand you. No one could bit. take that experience away from us ever. I know, I know. I must have told that story a thousand times. It was just such a an interesting you know point in time. Yeah. We this teaches us stuff about social stuff. I feel like with friendships and in relationships, and this is why not to bring up <laughs> the Bachelor, but this is why yeah. the Bachelor effect is not always right. If I was in a beach in Bali, I would fall yeah. in love with a fucking barnacle, you know? Like, it's the situation. <laughs> you have to put people yeah. in uncomfortable, well, like, make them yeah. build an Ikea couch. And if they survive it, <laughs> then they're meant for each other. You know what I mean? And I'm yeah. not saying, like, we, I mean, in another yeah. life, who knows, we are meant for each other but like we need we bonded in the awkwardness we, Anyone, we totally did i know they do the like they do the like height thing like if you're scared of heights that's not that's fake shit right right this right. is put them in a bar mitzvah yeah with music and kids who are slightly rude a lot of rich people there was just those people were just those people were screaming cash because there's two types of people in that situation the ones who you know would look at each other and laugh and the oh, ones yeah. who would look at each other and it, they drown and you know you have a good sense of humor uh, so i'm i'm very happy that we were in it together i uh, appreciate it likewise hannah but look you've been up to quite a bit since then oh my gosh and i really want to get into that because first of all you've been crushing it and i feel like people don't really understand that you're such a multi-dimensional character okay <laughs> you're, you're you're a very rare breed hannah burner so you're making me blush you've competed at the highest level of both your athletic endeavor and your professional endeavor and i feel like that never happens that's such a rare <laughs> that's such a rare occurrence when i first met you i didn't know you i, I just thought you were another one of my manager's clients uh, I, I didn't do any research prior to meeting you i think i woke up one morning and i was told that i was doing a podcast and i hopped on your podcast and i met you i i, I was intrigued by you because it's so rare that you know a woman is so confident and so uh aggressive in her social interactions and i, I kind of caught on to that and i i love uh, interacting with people like you because i learn things uh you know from uh, someone that has a very uh, astute sense of uh, social awareness as you do and but- now you're a feminist so this is great. Me? Whoa. 
Um, <laughs> hey, sure, I, I, I guess you could say that to an extent. I hang around my sister. It's probably my... He's like, whoa, let's not go too far. Do not call if, me if, that. No, I like that. I, it, no, 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 no. It's entirely possible. I've been spending a lot of time with my sister, Jilly. Shout out to Jilly. She is a feminist. Mm -hmm. So it's entirely possible it's rubbed off on me and I don't even know it. Like, I've just noticed recently since I've been dating uh, my girlfriend, I've adopted some of her language without even knowing. Like, so certain words will just come out and I'm completely unaware of it. But anyway, uh, my vocabulary's changed a little bit as a result of that. But Hannah, back to you. Um... <laughs> Your vocabulary is incredible. I just look the at books, the books behind the you. books. Yeah, you I have a plethora of knowledge. Oh gosh, this is—I've given you the wrong impression. These are not <laughs> these are not my books, and this is this is not actually my room. I'm illiterate. I'm just I can't read. <laughs> oh my gosh. He's like, uh, guys, I'm just trying to get the intro done, and we're like, books are weird. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so funny. Um, but Hannah, Hannah. <laughs> I'm I'm curious about your background because I had no idea that a you went to the University of Wisconsin Madison and B, yeah uh, throw up a W hell's yeah I went to a running camp at the University of Wisconsin Madison and let me just tell you I was a I'm happy with what I accomplished with running in high school I broke two minutes in the 800. After that, I put running away, but running for the playing a sport at the University of Wisconsin seemed completely unattainable for me when I was in high school. And I went to, I went to high school in Wisconsin. The girls' tennis team at my school won the state championship uh -huh. every year I was there. I don't think anybody from that team got a scholarship to the University of Wisconsin Madison because that's where everyone went. Wait, are you from Wisconsin? I am from Wisconsin. I, I spent didn't know this. I know. I didn't know that you played tennis at the I University didn't know, of Wisconsin. I didn't know that I didn't know. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying. That's why I thought it was. I, that's why I think you're so fascinating. We could have talked about this during the bat mitzvah instead of just awkwardly like moving well, our heads. Here hips. we are talking about it. Oh my gosh. You totally could have brought that up. I feel as though, you know, your athletic accomplishments are something that you bring up when you first meet someone, but you didn't tell me anything. You didn't even, you didn't even want to hang out with I'm not a man. I don't go night. up to people like, yeah, you know, I've, I played football. <laughs> I lift. Hey, um, I'm a little bit offended. I'm a man and I don't do that. You're painting. You a, you're, brought up that you're, you're you using track. a broad brush. You brought up that you did track pretty early in this podcast. Um, hey, you actually brought up that you were playing tennis, so Valid. you were the first one to you were the first Valid. one to bring anything up before this conversation even got going, Hannah. Okay. But you understand that I ha I hold you in the highest respect, and I only mean this with the most sincere affection, Hannah. So he said this that isn't to really fighting. This is. <laughs> I literally heard you say that to three girls on the Bachelorette. So like, don't. Anyway, no, I appreciate that. I also really? do. I'm gonna I go do... back and look at the Bachelorette. <laughs> I'm gonna hold you. I'm gonna. I'm gonna hold you to that, Hannah. <laughs> anyway, I. I don't but know. I do want to say you brought up twice that I didn't want to hang out with you, and I. I want to let you know it's not personal to hang out I get after. It. You don't have to I'm, explain it. Okay. I don't actually. I've come to terms with the fact that I'm 29 and I don't like parties. Oh. Yeah, and I think I, like I get. I get it. I get it. I don't either. You know, I was in it. Yeah. I, I was feel in like New York. you feel yeah. crazy. Because everyone yeah. likes it so much. Maybe it's because I'm not that big of a drinker. And also, like, I take on a lot of people's, like, energy. And, like, yeah. sometimes, like, the inauthenticity of, like, we're having fun, right? And yeah. I'm like, I'm sad. Like, I don't want to <laughs> be here. So I just get to my head at parties. And sometimes, like, 
it has to be like the moon has to be right, the right yeah. people, the right spot, and then I'll have a great time. But um, I just get social anxiety sometimes. So it wasn't you; it was me. I get it. I total. I was just in New York, and I was sort of at the whims of the group I was hanging out with. I thought it'd be fun that you know we could we could hang out because our manager spoke about you a, a decent amount over the phone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I kind of sort of knew you more or less but i just thought it'd be fun to hang out i'm really uh a homebody myself Mm. Uh, i'm gonna be turning 27 this year i'm getting pretty old hannah yeah i really don't enjoy the whole going out uh thing either (laughs) but um but anyway hannah um I'm, i'm just curious uh to just quickly cover, you know, your tennis background because mm-hmm. you—that's pl- that's a really big deal to play tennis at the University of Wisconsin Madison. Like I you. remember, yeah, I remember when we, my school also had a reputable hockey program, oh, and yeah. it was a big deal when one of our players signed to be a Badger and play Division One hockey. That must have been a pretty sacred moment in your life when you signed to be a Badger, was it? So what's wild is so I grew up in Brooklyn, New York. And I've been playing tennis since I was young. When I was 14, I was ranked like top top 15 in the nation. And that's when they told me, if you want to go pro, you have to move to Florida. You can't compete with the top, top girls if you're not hitting as many balls as like the Florida girls. So at 14, I just, mm. my parents, I was the oldest. My parents didn't really know what was going on. They were like, she wants to go pro. So let's send her to Florida. I was went to Florida. Were, I'm were, from Florida. I was in Pembroke Pines. That's where my ex lives, who dumped me on our mm-hmm. six-month anniversary. It was very nice. <laughs> so wait, well, fuck Pembroke Pines. Um, uh, oh, my God. When you were 14, when you were 14, yeah. the, the prospect of becoming pro became a tangible thing. When did you start playing tennis? I would watch my dad play on the weekends when I was like three, four. I always was a hyper kid, and my parents put me into sports because it would, like, let out my energy. Uh-huh. And I was naturally a little bit of an athletic freak. Like, I don't know if this correlates to athleticism but i was like walking at nine months <laughs> oh my gosh that's really like a, that's really soon. i was like a tiny peanut just like walking that's... around <laughs> i always just wanted to move and i also had add and i was just i loved sports and i was playing all sports i was playing basketball softball golf tennis but i something about tennis being alone on the court i i yeah. wasn't great with the team sports like <laughs> apparently in softball i would like pitch and then i would like field and then i would just like run to first base tag like i would try to play all the positions i was a ball hog so tennis (laughs) was good for me but um at around eight i got like my first coach oh and at seven actually i told my mom i said i want to be a professional tennis player and she asked like a tennis coach like do you think my daughter could be a professional tennis player and they said no she's starting way too late (laughs) No kidding. It's seven. This seven-year-old girl, and I like Uh. played a little recreationally. What I cried all day. Like, what kind of creepy (laughs) seven-year-old has this kind of passion for like all day long that this guy told me I couldn't go pro and then spent the next basically 15 years of my life proving this guy wrong? (laughs) No kidding. Oh my gosh. So, well, you did. As you should. Like, yeah. go to Florida. And it was tough, like, being away from my family. They made a lot of changes to my oh. game that wasn't always easy. I felt a lot of pressure because it was expensive and my family wasn't, like, like right. just spending tons of money all right. the time. And, um, so, wait, wait, wait. You went, to f- you went to Florida when you were 14? When I was 14. Alone. Okay. Alone, to, but, like, at an academy I've... that was pretty small. Like, 
like yeah. 15 people, but like you're playing three hours, lunch, three hours, then like gym or footwork. Like it was wild. Are you doing school while simultaneously doing <laughs> We're this? We're doing online school, but I'm putting it in online quotations. School? Quotations. This is like, like, this is like out for this is 2005-ish, right? Yeah. Like, let's pro- say your prior. girl missed a couple steps in the <laughs> academic level, but I was, I was smart. But you went to the University of Wisconsin-Madison. That's a yeah. really no, great... No, I was act. a good, I was a yeah. good student, um, but I don't recommend online school for people if you want to learn. I'm no, pretty sure, sure I cheated the whole time. Online school has significantly improved over the last 10-ish years. Very true. I can't, I can't believe... I'm, just, I'm surprised online school was even a thing back then. Okay, you don't have to age me. No, no, no. I don't, well, <laughs> when well, the dinosaurs... I <laughs> no, I, I know. That's just impressive. No, you're that's right. Just, it was, that's just it was really 2005. Im- it was 2005, 2006. Yeah. So I basically... I'm like 15, 16 years old, and I get ranked in the 18 and unders. I was top like 250 in the world of oh like 18 gosh. and under. So like my ranking's going well, but I remember I was just. Now we're getting like a little deep. You just want to know yeah, about my history, good. but I I wasn't I wasn't happy. I felt like I was. I just was putting so much pressure on myself and I, I was like finding myself. I'd like cry. I was having terrible anxiety, yeah. and I just wasn't having fun. And finally, like I was doing well, but I was, I didn't feel like in my, in the right place. Yeah. So I get back to New York city and I remember I'm 16 years old. I was like dealing with bad depression, anxiety, and my dad, we go on the court. My dad was my coach growing up. Can I ask this real quick? I only only bring this up because you're talking about depression and anxiety. And when I was in high school, like depression and anxiety weren't even a topic of discussion. They, you know, I, I suffered from extreme anxiety in high school. I got second mm-hmm. to last place in the state cross country meet because I just started puking in the middle of the race. Like, and I just thought there was something wrong with me. Like, I was just a head case and there was no coming out of it. Did your parents actually know Hannah has Hannah's been? Did you no. get clinically clinically diagnosed? No, I was the head case. Like Hannah's crazy. My and parents nobody, wouldn't and, call me that, but that's nobody, tennis. Like yeah. I would basically like sometimes on the court, I would just get really dizzy. Oh, and man. then I also sometimes on the court would just like get the yips with like a stroke, but I was like naturally pretty athletic. So I would like, like my forehand, I would get really tight. So I'd slice it. My second Ooh. serve, I'd have problems cause I'm like overanalyzing everything, but that's yeah. not great when tennis is about the whole concept of dumb jock is cause you you have to just let it happen. You can't think every stroke out. So I was struggling and no one really knew why they just were kind of like, just hit the ball, just hit the ball. That's (laughs) all I get. Just hit the ball. And I was like, Jesus Christ. So my dad eventually was like, look, I remember we're standing on the court. He goes, I want you to hit this ball. It was like a movie. He was like, I want you to hit this ball. And afterwards tell me if you want to keep playing or not. And I will love you. How old were you at this point? Way. 16? 16. Okay. Most people are like, you know, they're getting boobs. They're yeah. like, uh, it's they're drinking. And I've yeah, gone through like kiss. a whole, yeah. yeah, it's beautiful. I've gone through like yeah. a whole fucked up career by then. They're- and I remember, I remember just looking at him hitting the ball and being like, I'm just like a fighter. And I was just like, I'm not done. <laughs> You're badass, Hannah. I won't mess with you. I mean... Just because mm-hmm. you're really fucking good at something does not mean you're meant to do it, which sounds crazy, but it's like JPJ. That is a little bit insane. JPJ. Yes. You are, 
You were fucking great on Bachelor in Paradise. Oh, thanks, All, Hannah. And I know that's a weird thing to say because it's not like you edited it or anything, but like any scene you were in, I was like mesmerized by like, what's He's he going to say? What's he going to sure. do? He was different. But you, you totally understand the whole reality TV dilemma. You have no idea how they're going to edit your scenario. So you have to make the most out of every moment. And make the most is a is an interesting thing because you could feel like you did great, but it, you could have done horrible for yourself right. by getting right. involved. But right. yeah, you were really good at it. But was it something that brought you joy? Was it something that you you felt alive when you were doing it? Like, is it what you're meant to do? I don't know. Oh my and- gosh! <laughs> yeah, I was having pan- when I when we were doing when I was doing the podcast with you. I was in a dark place. I never thought that. Uh, the uh, and I want to talk about this later. I never thought the outside uh, hecklers would get to me, uh, but I mean, it's crazy how a random negative comment can just take you down the rabbit hole and really, really mess with you. And and also, you know, I interviewed you when you were like at this like Bachelor Nation like hype, like you were with Tasha, like you were like anyone looking. In would be like holy shit that guy has it going on right now when like realistically you're probably like what is going on yeah yeah it was just a huge uh cl- i was really in a dark spot uh particularly mm-hmm. uh after uh Tasha and i broke up it was just a mm-hmm. weird scene navigating uh just life a- after that because people start you know started on following me like crazy i got a bunch of hate messages I know, you know, I'm typically one, you know, at least I think I am, who doesn't really care for what other people think about yep. me. I'm, I'd say I'm pretty comfortable with myself. But the negative comments, when when people start saying they want to kill you because you were on a reality show, it, it does mess with your psychology a little bit. And I was completely emotionally unprepared for that. But Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I want to finish. We're veering off uh, the tennis track. Oh yeah, the tennis. Uh, so up up to sixteen years old, your dad yep. said, "You either." My hit dad the ball. was basically like, "Hit the ball. Yeah. Do you want to continue your career or not?" And I said, "Let's do it." From the ages of fourteen to sixteen, you're at this Florida tennis tennis academy for both and I was school playing, and yes, yeah. I played a couple professional tournaments too while I was there. So like at sixteen, oh, wow. like I'm already playing some like low level pro tournaments, um, and. I'm back in New York City, and mind you, it's middle of my like technically junior year, and yeah. I have to go to high school. So there's this high school on the Upper East Side of Manhattan that has a really good tennis team, mm. and but the the kicker here is that they only had a boys team, 
But they mm. were really good. They won all the championships. Did you do and She's the Man? So, I, I mean, I, Tarantino <laughs> wasn't there, and I'm pissed about it. But I, So I come in, and Title IX technically says if there's no girls' team and the girl is good enough to play on the boys' team, you have to let her play. But the Oh, coach, man, I wanted to ask you about this. Yeah. yeah. So the coach there, his name's Bernard, he's fucking amazing. And he knew that I was like a ringer. So he right. brought me in, and he goes – we can get you in academically, like your grades are great, and we'll um we want nice. you on the team ASAP. He had nice. it was no weird, like he was like, You're on the fucking team, bitch. And we start and other teams are not happy. Not Ooh. happy. Like, cause my yeah. guys on my team were so supportive and like I'd go on the court and they'd be like, keep um like keep it easy on her. Like don't go yeah. too hard on her. She's just a girl. And then I was. She's like, on her period. Like she could be nice to her. <laughs> but also, guys, this is high school tennis. So high school tennis, these guys like a lot of them like they just smoke weed. Guys who play recreationally. Like I, I was like, if I lose to these guys, I would lose my brain. Um, there were some good players, but it's it's not as intense as. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found this on your LinkedIn, and the New York Times wrote an article. This is a national publication. They wrote mm-hmm. an article about you. She, the headline was she plays with boys and rivals don't like it did that how could that did that go to your head when you were in high school did you just think that you were like some like tennis god and did that did that impact your game at all that's a big deal for a national publication to say something like that while you're in high school yeah some other teams were getting mad they were like it's not fair that you have this girl who's a ringer it's like a lose-lose for boys because you know if they if they win it's like they beat a girl and if they lose it's like they lost to a girl and in my head i'm like it's a lose-lose for me if i lose to this guy who plays tennis recreationally like i i'm upset and also tennis is a sport where it's not physical like it's all mental so it's not like football where they just push me off like i was skillfully better than a lot of these guys right 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 can i just say like you you seem competitive over every little like scenario are you are you like that are you a you're you're a highly competitive person am am i right i'm a highly competitive person but i'm working on choosing my battles (laughs) yeah yeah but i but i think that's an i think that's an incredible quality yeah yeah, i'm hungry and i like to push myself um, I sense that, yeah. And they and I am planting a seed with comedy. They say a lot of comedians are either athletes or addicts. And like being a comedian, oh. you're like alone on stage, similar to tennis, where you're it's a solo sport. You can't call time out. You can't pass the ball. When you're in stand up, you can't be like, sorry, line, or like, can we redo that? So right. there is a similarity. Um, but so I start playing on the guys' team. We win like the boys' city championship. And Man. They make there's like a singles tournament in the end, and they yeah. make me play on the girls' singles tournament. And I have all this pressure to like win the girls because I've been like playing on the guys. <laughs> and I think I got down like five to I was so nervous in the finals and yeah. ended up winning. But then the what happened then the New York Times article comes out, and whenever I get on the court, there was like press, like the Daily News would come oh and take gosh. photos. And I was getting oh. so nervous because again like i was expected to be this like phenom and even though like looking back it's like why you should be so proud of yourself every shot i was like is that good enough like am i being like incredible and i remember like i i felt 
I ended up feeling like such a favorite that I was felt if every match, if I lost, then like I wasn't this great story anymore. Mm. And I remember I ended up losing like one match that I like definitely shouldn't have lost, but I was just so fucking nervous and everyone's watching me. Um, so yeah. again, it's like the bachelor effect where it's like, you feel like you're the, you're the hottest, but then you're like, Oh my God, there's so many eyes on me. I'm going to, like right. I'm gonna make a mistake, right? Um, right. But I survived it, and then clearly the University of, <laughs> the University yeah. of Wisconsin. The funny thing is, I didn't know it was a university. <laughs> uh. <laughs> and this is me being yeah. a stupid yeah. New Yorker. This is nothing yeah. against Wisconsin. Yeah. Like yeah. I, you go to this tournament and all the college coaches are there and I got a wild card to it. Cause I had been like playing internationally. Mm-hmm. I had like a sprained ankle and I was like not playing that great, but the Wisconsin coach and a couple other coaches, you know, were interested in me. And I visited Wisconsin and I just fell in love. The mm. State Street and the energy. Yeah. And they put me on the, like, we were on the football field. And they were like, if you come yeah. here, we're going to treat you like a professional athlete. Oh, um, they, and they do. So it was very fun being, like, friends with all the athletes. Except everyone assumes you're dumb. Because, like, you can get mm-hmm. in as an athlete without the academics being as high. Mm-hmm. So, like, that was one con. People thought you were stupid. Which some of us were. Let's be right. honest. Some of us yeah. were. But being a student athlete, I was playing and training 40 hours a week on top of, like, I, they only let me take it's 15 a full-time credits. Job. It is, I was so fucking job. tired. I had a full scholarship. So you're always kind of oh, living with that fear of, awesome. like, you can't lose the scholarship. So it's like, right. if you're late, if you break any rules, like, so you're just, you're kind of but, cattle. And I didn't love that aspect of it, but right. I was happy that, like, I didn't have to pay for college. That's that's incredible. And, and so throughout your entire college experience, was comedy ever on the back burner? I'd never thought of being a comedian. When I was in middle school, I was in this like artsy Brooklyn school and I loved acting. Acting class yeah. was the best. It was, you get out of yourself, you get in, yeah. they shut the lights. Like we had this incredible <laughs> teacher. He's like, okay, we're all gremlins now. We're gremlins. Just go be gremlins. And we'd be like, ah! like it was incredible. And all the kids are doing the thing that comes to me and I'm like trying to do funny faces to make everyone laugh. Like I've always been that person, but I never, yeah listen to myself to be like oh you can make money doing this i'm the friend who like in the group text is always just trying to make people laugh come up with (laughs) stupid gifts and a lot of reality tv people can't laugh at themselves which makes which makes them good at reality tv but if you can laugh at yourself the world is an easier place yeah one thing that did help me is my last year i learned how to video edit on adobe premiere pro and oh. I wanted to be I wanted to be a sports broadcaster. You wanted to be a sports broadcaster your final year of college. So was mm-hmm. was being a professional tennis player completely out of the question at that point? So, okay, I don't want to ruin the mood, but yeah. my final year, you know, I'm playing number 1 for Wisconsin. It's yeah. going well. Yeah. Like, I got hit by a car. <laughs> um, what what happened? It's, Holy it shit. was 6 a.m. Like negative five degrees, going to weights. It's snowing. I oh, have my hoodie on, and it's just cold. It's just miserable. It's, it's like it's hell. There's nothing. There's nothing fun about that and cold I'm, weather. I'm be honest. I'm not awake. And I yeah. turn the first turn, and this is a two way street. Like I didn't yeah. jump in the road. Like I was halfway through the road. 
Right. And I got knocked by this car. It, they couldn't have, I guess, maybe 15 miles per hour, but I got like thrown. I can't feel my legs, panic attack. And I'm the only thing I'm saying is, tell my coach I'm going to be late. Tell my coach I'm going to be late. Uh, oh, and no. they immediately put me in like a compression ice thing for my leg. Yeah. I had to like text my mom in New York. I'm like, I got hit by a car. I'm fine. I got hit by a car. Oh my she flew gosh. in. And I recovered in like, a month and a half because I was in like prime physical condition. My legs were like very strong. Right. The guy didn't break anything, but yeah. Then it was like right at Big Ten season, mm. and I I tell you if when the universe wants to tell you something. Mm. I lost five matches out of the out of the twelve in third set tie breaks, mm. and I was like, you know what? The sport doesn't make me happy anymore. It's like if I didn't win, the wins would not give me highs anymore. I basically was like, okay, then what's my dream? What's my dream? And it's hard. It's like the longest relationship I've ever had, the ups and downs. Yeah. It's my identity. Yeah. It's literally a breakup. Yeah. They give you five years to graduate because the four I was competing and then to finish my credits, I had half a year. Okay. So I was in the school and I was like, you have to do something with the university at, while you're on scholarship. So instead of like, just being someone at the library, secretary or something, I decided to ask the Wisconsin Athletics if I could do some sports broadcasting because oh. I had some editing experience. Oh. And I go, I know the athletes, you know, I mm. can like, I can get good interviews. I know yeah. basketball, I know football, I know like all these hockey, I know it. And they were like, okay, we'll give you a chance. So I started with women's basketball. I'd watch the game. Yeah. I would write like a highlight like summary they nice. would send me the clips after i would edit it if you go hannah burner wisconsin on youtube yeah. you'll see I I, my I, little I, yeah. video yeah yeah i think i saw a few videos of you uh comment <laughs> commenting on a basketball game or something yeah, yeah. and I, I and i was doing i was doing it really well and i like liked it but then i finished and i go if i want to be a sports broadcaster i have to move to like a small town to start in a small network and my whole family's in New York fucking city, which is like yeah. the last place you go to start a broadcasting gig. And I was just right. like, you know what? I was like, I'm going to New York. And at this point, uh, you're, at your, during your sports broadcasting uh, endeavor, the tennis career is completely in the rearview mirror, correct? I'm basically you're, heartbroken. I can't even like look at the Wisconsin athletes, but I'm walking mm. on. I'm like going through... I like can't go to the gym. I'm just like going through mm. a like removing Everything myself. Everything reminds from you it. of him. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but it was like I also needed a fucking break. Like I was yeah. tired. I was burnt a little bit, and I just mm -hmm. was trying to find joy in other things. But I go to New York, and my dad's in sales. So mm. naturally, I'm like, let's do sales. You know, cold calling. Mm. I literally yeah. go, go from being captain of the tennis team to like, hey, this is Hannah. Okay, bye. Like scary <laughs> shit. Right, right, but I, right. I'm doing well. I'm making money, but I yeah. fucking hate it. I'm in the uh, bathroom. Yeah. Like, how did I find another thing that I'm good at, but I fucking hate? Yeah, that's a tough transition. Yeah. And then I decide I want to go to marketing. At like mm. 23, which I thought would be more creative and fun. Turns out it's so boring. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I quit that. And I'm 25, basically with no job. And is co has comedy ever crossed your mind at this point? So I do randomly start dating 
a pretty successful New York City comedian. Can I name drop is the Nikki Glaser story? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And we love, even though we're making fun, we love. And I think subconsciously I fell in love with like the comedians. I'm like, these are my people. Like I, I was watching him like live his dream and making money. And I was just like, Oh my God. But I'm telling you, I still was never like, I'm going to do stand up. But I yeah. get I get a random message. This is why manifesting is real. <laughs> Once you want to do something, just say it. And my thing was, I just wanted to do video. I'm like, I yeah. to, the hardest thing to do is admit you want to be on camera, whether it's acting, right. just admitting right. you want the attention right. is hard. But there's two right. types of people, the people who consume and analyze and the people who are being the clowns. People that you know? are performers. Yeah. Yes. I'm innately a, a performer. performer. And yes. tennis is a form of performing. But it completely is. It's a show. Yeah. So I'm, I'm dating this guy and then I get a DM because I told someone randomly I want to do video and they go, Hey, I think you're really funny. This company, this media company is looking for a video producer. This is Betches. Betches, social media. Betches is one of the most influential media entertainment companies on the planet, period. There must be thousands of people trying to get that job and they just DM'd you. So this guy who worked there knew me and was like, I think you should apply. Mind you, the job is five years experience of video production. And I oh tell my. him first off, just out of respect. And like, yeah. I just was like, I, they, this is, you this did, might but, be a waste but, of you, your time. You, you did, you had some stint uh, with video production or modeling or, or, or so something. I did have a stint with, um, with Wisconsin athletics, but then also I took an mm. unpaid internship while I was dating this guy doing mm. Like as a video assistant at scout.com, which was, uh, okay. I wasn't involved with video. I was just like giving them stats for their videos. But <laughs> that's why I'm like, just like, you just have to get something on your resume. Like it was yeah, enough that yeah. they were like, yeah, that's fine. Use big enough words. And yeah. <laughs> what is the financial analyst? Like, let's be honest. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> so this is my advice to people. First of all, never take a job you're fully qualified for. Second of all, yeah. if you're really not qualified, such as well, myself. D- well, it depends on what you want. Some people like being comfortable and they're okay with that. How How is it to be like emotionally stable enough to like being Must comfortable? Must be nice, right? <laughs> Must be fucking nice. Yeah. But I go in, yeah. I basically, <laughs> I submitted a funny video first. They were like, I did like, oh yeah. Um, types of girls at the gym or something and i just yeah. like did it i just winged it made some funny faces and they were like this is funny like come in and i come uh-huh. in with literally like 50 video ideas and i was like look i don't have experience but these are my ideas and i can make these and they were like you have no experience but we're gonna keep bring you on freelance and just see how you do but i'm but like that's nothing for a former professional tennis player <laughs> you've dealt with infinitely large much you larger hit pre- by a car you could do this yeah, yeah. No, this was amazing because i'm like i'm on, on my path like it's the beginning of the path yeah. but at least i'm on track because yeah. no one video jobs they're like you need six months video experience to have this entry-level right. video job i'm like what yeah so yeah. i get there i start doing videos and like i'm kind of learning as i'm going i'm also mm-hmm. learning about joke writing because i start writing tweets mm. for them, writing memes for them. Also, when I was mm. there, we were in a WeWork with like basically oh six gosh. employees. So oh. I'm listening to them all, how everything's working. The girl who writes the memes, I'm kind of like, hey, I can help you. And I oh. start writing like 80 memes a week. Like it was like boot camp of joke writing. And then I'm writing funny stuff. 
And the videos were like doing okay, but they didn't really want me in any videos. <laughs> they were just like, yeah. can you do like, like, like visual videos? And I'm like, okay, but I'm not like an incredible video editor. <laughs> so finally they see something and it's kind of like a little SNL type sketch. And they were like, could you do this? And I'm like, yes, I think I can. This guy on my flag football team was like a wedding Uh-oh. videographer. And I was like, yo, can you film a one minute video for us? <laughs> and he, he was like, yes. So I, my first video ever was like when Bay, this is when Bay was a thing. Oh, when yeah. Bay FaceTimes you. <laughs> Never forget. When Bay FaceTimes you and it's me like basically looking like this. And he FaceTimes me and I go, hold on one sec. I have to find my headphones. And then it yeah. shows me going through like makeup, hair, get a ring light. And then I just go, hey, babe, what's up? We put it on <laughs> and they have like 6 million followers. So that helps, but yeah, it yeah. blows up no and like, kidding. it gets like almost 2 million views. And they go, can you do this three times a week? Oh and I was gosh. just, I just said yes. And then yeah. I started writing. I started to get New York comics involved. So I started getting that community oh, and like, I fucking love this job. Then I started yeah. interviewing like bachelor people that would come in. I oh, like learned nice. about podcasting. It was just incredible. Then I get the summer house call. They found you as a result of this Betches gig. Yeah, and through Betches, I had interviewed the summer house people. So I na- they want people who are naturally involved. So like I knew uh, who they were socially. Okay. Perfect. Um, you was, know, I wasn't par- partying around because your girl right. tired. But <laughs> right, right, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> You're an indoor Int- cat. Interesting. I am. I am. In- yeah, interesting. So the Betches gig led you to Summer House. I had, and, and how many then, se- how many seasons of Summer House had passed uh, since two. your first? Okay. It was two seasons, and it was. I'm gonna be honest. Wasn't the most popular show, but naturally, I they said like we follow what you do during the week, and then we go to the Hamptons on the weekends, which is like I had family in the Hamptons. It's what I did, and mm. I was like, this is gonna help my career. I know it will. Um, but then yeah. I got fired from Betch. <laughs> no kidding. But so before you went on to Summer House, did you have your podcast? Had you start had had you started doing stand up at this point? Nope. Okay. So once I once I knew that I got Summer House, I realized, okay, I'm gonna have some people who will start caring about my voice. And I, if I'm gonna be edited, I wanna have my own voice on my own podcast. So I yeah. started burning in hell. Because oh. I was meeting all these like famous people and I was realizing yeah. that they're not happy. So burning in hell is like talking to people that you look up to for whatever reason and being like, what keeps you up at night? What do you hate about yourself? What are your demons? Mm. And by the time Summer House aired, Burning in Hell already had like 30 episodes. And Oh, smart. But, I wish yeah. I would have I wish I would have done that. I was too par- I was too paranoid uh, to do a podcast because everyone seemed to get ridiculed for having some sort of outside objective aside from falling in love. On the bachelorette, yeah. so that's really nice. Yeah. That, that that's a huge advantage that you were able to go into summer house with uh, your own persona that people Holy can love. access. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a huge advantage. I'm surprised. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. So I only watched season, uh, a few episodes from season three, Mm -hmm. um, and I'm surprised that nobody 
you know, first of all, what is that show even about? Uh, I didn't watch se- whatever the first couple seasons uh, that you had been on, but I watched the third season, mm-hmm. and it, it, I was just so confused and perplexed. <laughs> like there were, they used, they must have used the line, you know, six, you know, a bunch of people in a house in the Hamptons <laughs> for six weeks. What could go wrong? They must have used that line a thousand times. It was very obvious that there was this kind of mold created for the show. Like there was the guy that you know had finally gotten sober. There was uh, the a couple who were I think they were already engaged, right? Amanda and Kyle, they were already engaged. So th- you're they, talking season five? Okay, this is season five. Mm-hmm, okay, mm-hmm. Gotcha. Um, but it was your third season, correct? Yes, my third season. Yes, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Gotcha, Which um, gotcha. We so that it originally is about people who are not from New York don't see it as like simple because as a new yorker you grow up you are in the city and then in the summertime everyone goes to the hamptons Hamptons on the weekends so that's the whole concept that you have this share house and on the weekends and it's like what we work hard during the week and drunk on the weekends but this last season was a pandemic and i didn't really Mm. sign up for like a six week um in we work where people are getting drunk and fighting the whole time and And it was bad i originally thought okay there are you know there's one couple but everybody else seems to be single but your your, i believe your friend Paige had a boyfriend and he Mm -hmm. just you know willingly dropped her (laughs) off with all these other single people i don't know how i'd feel about that i don't know (laughs) yeah i don't know how i would feel about that when there are clearly (laughs) these producers that just want to get you liquored up and want to provoke as much drama as they possibly can uh so they kind of leave you with the impression that okay these are the people are all all living in this house and there are probably going to be a few hookups and you know Mm -hmm. it'll be interesting to see who winds up together yeah you guys all had boyfriends and significant others outside of the show so what was the what that was the problem that like we needed some single dudes in the house and like Mm. we needed some more single people because Mm. then all the drama gets put on like one person Uh, your girl mm. and we're fighting the good fight we're fighting the good fight but like (laughs) (laughs) it was let it was just, a sh- shit show. Oh, for sure. But Hannah, let me, let me just tell you. So look, it's no secret that you were the villain. But look, if it wasn't for you, what would the show have been about? What would they, what would they have talked about the entire the time? You made the, I'm, you, I'm you telling gave, you. The V word to me, it's so weird because yeah. my first two seasons, like, I was... I was one of the most likable people. Like people, and I still I'm thought you were best I, friend. And I still thought I, you were one of the most likable people during the season uh, that I watched. I didn't watch the you, two honey. prior seasons. I feel the same uh, way. Exactly. Oh my god, thank you. But and what's my girlfriend also wild, feels the same way. We're just some you know nonchalant. What? I fucking you, love you guys. Hannah, look, we're just a couple of look. We're a couple of unbiased, nonchalant (laughs) viewers. I just couldn't get behind what the show was supposed to be about. And well, that's the thing. The concept was fucked up for the season because normally it's like you you have these crazy three days with your party friends, and then you like calm down during the week and you decompress, and like then you come Uh, back. We're we're all stuck together. That's really nice. Oh my gosh! That's, oh my god! It that, was that, that's luxurious. You have amazing. And I saw that you were on your phone the whole time, so you at least have. We have fun because yeah. it's not, and there's also no competition. But then when you realize right. there's nothing happening, right? Then that's when it's like, oh shit. And my thing was, I was talking to a guy who had been like playing with my emotions very intensely, 
And people not stand him. Is this Luke? Yeah, is people Luke? loved. Yes, people loved okay. us together the previous season because I was very like, I just want to fuck a hot model. And then it turned into <laughs> like him taking all of my time all year, and I oh, was like, gosh. what the fuck is this? So as someone on Real TV, like I was, I wasn't like fuck it. I just like sat him down because Sierra, right. the other girl, was like, yo, he's been fucking with us. So I was like, okay, uh, let's ha- let's sit him down, let's talk. Right. And it turned into like, Hannah, you're making this up. You're crazy. This is insane. And then when you have enough people around who were like, you know, we're ready for Hannah to not get any love. And if they support it in the confessionals, the next thing you know, you're this crazy girl with daddy issues. Yeah, and look, yeah. I think I, you know. I, I think your interpretation is is a little bit skewed because I, I, I'm not really familiar with the fans of the show. Yeah. So I, I really am not. Fam- I'm not so sure about that whole dynamic. But look, uh, the way that we saw it was, you're this comedian, right? There, that that's very plain and obvious. I thought you were brilliant from the moment you walked on. All the craziness aside, I, I, yeah, I watched you. Yeah, you were the funniest I, immediately. I, yeah, um, I thought you, you were honey. brilliant from the moment you walked in, right? So this JPJ, whole thing is... JPJ, you make me cry. As a yeah. competitive person, now that we, we've covered that, yeah. I come in and I'm like, I want to do the best I could do. And it, it was so obvious. I knew but it. But that attitude I, I to- I totally is bought into easily yeah. manipulated. Like, oh, oh you want to yeah. do well? Well, this is... Okay. Oh. And I'm sure you have producers that are provoking you the entire time. And it's... Uh, am I right? Well... Oh, you, you probably can't talk about it. You can't, I can't yeah. talk about Tixan, but like you feel like you're a feminist hero. Okay. You know, like yeah. when Kyle was, I mean, I can't even tell you the extent yeah. of like the verbal abuse that I dealt with. Oh, geez. And then you watch and the, only your reactions are there. Oh man, that's tough. And, yeah, and, but, but, and yeah. you're just crazy. And I'm like, yeah, the stuff that was said, like, so. It was really hard for me because I felt like I was, you know, everyone loved me when me and Luke were together. And then I stand mm-hmm. up to Luke and, and then suddenly everyone's all mad that I, I stood up to Luke. I stood up to a guy who right. was so disrespectful to me yeah. and I found the love of my life. And then the internet Congratulations. turns on you. Yeah. The, oh, thank yeah. you. But the internet's like, no, we don't like this, Hannah. We want the single one. And I get that. I get right. it. Kind of. Because it's more I, I, relatable. I think, but- I think you were overthinking the whole thing a little bit too much. First of all, you blew up. Uh, as a result of the show airing, I mean, you you got you gained a lot more followers, and from an objective, st- I think most people sort of understand the whole reality TV dilemma. You you were just there yeah. to create as many funny moments as you can. That was immediately was obvious. Trying. That was a, that was immediately obvious from the moment you walked in. I think Luke show- Luke was the last one to show up on the first yeah. episode, right? And he brings in his new girlfriend. And <laughs> yeah, I, I think you were probably just like a little thrown off by that because I think he been talking he didn't tell to you me, yeah. on and off yeah of course yeah he didn't tell you so no he was talking to me every day if, so, yeah exactly so even <laughs> yeah exactly so even if you're dating someone else that's just gonna he, he you guys have a history and regardless mm-hmm. of who you're in love with at the time that's gonna throw you that's going to cause a visceral response regardless of your dating situation yeah. but you were brilliant in that moment because he shows up with Ciara and you immediately just jumped the gun walked over and said hey Luke I'm going to show you and your significant other who you're clearly flaunting in front of me the entire house that you guys are going to have romantic moments with. I thought that was brilliant. That was brilliant. And I think that's why you resonated with so many people because that was just, that was just a brilliant read on the social, social chemistry at the time. But, and then they loved being like, 
Hannah was like trying so hard with Sierra. Like she was so nice to her. Like, it's so, so embarrassing. Weird. And I was like, should I be mean? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. You can't win either way. So I think you handled it incredibly well. Oh, th- you but did handle thank it you well. guys. But also I went on, I did not go on reality TV for people to be like, Hannah is perfect. You know, like Hannah's aspirational. Right. I went on to be like, I want to show that like women could have depression. Women yeah. could have anger. Women yeah. could be sexy while also being sporty. I did yeah. have a lot of confidence going to that season because I felt so much like ability, which also Blake Horseman once told me, and I love this quote. He's like, yeah. the people you love on reality TV are not as great as you think they are. And the people you hate are not as terrible. And yeah, we're all just... People. We're all complex humans that like, yeah. but it's, it's so easy to be like, they are villain. Like they're the villain. Like who in your life is like, actually like there's people you don't like, but like, no one's like trying to burn down the town. They're not like actual right. villains. I mean, there are some, right. Right. but anyway, right, right, right. that's right. right. your catchphrase. <laughs> burn down the town. Yeah. Burn down the town. <laughs> but I went in confident, just like, well, whatever emotions that are authentic to me and I feel America is going to get it. Like America. Will- I felt them. I felt them. Yeah. I felt my shit. And you leaned into your emotions brilliantly. I'm not, oh, I'm tired of crying. I just want to eat. It was, it was just, <laughs> re, it was just such a great, you just demonstrated such great social awareness and, oh, thank uh, you, you know, babe. just intertwined your, your comedic side into that brilliantly. But I, listen, Hannah, I'm just curious. So this, the show is airing, right? I think mm-hmm. you probably filmed in the summertime. I'm guessing sometime between July and August. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it airs. Like at the beginning of the year, like January yes, or February. Yeah, yeah. So okay, so that so through you know the time sh- you know shoot that's a wrap. Shooting stops, and then through the airing of the show, are you doing stand up throughout that interval? So, fun fact: I started doing stand up um, mid. I started doing stand up like right when I started filming Summer House around. Like maybe a couple, no, no, no. Right after I filmed my first season of Summer House. Yeah. So I actually had my first tour about to start. I did DC, LA, and San Francisco, March Mm. 9th, 2020. Mm. I get a call from my mom being like, the NBA has can't is canceled and i was oh like if the gosh. nba is canceled hannah burner's stand-up tour is going to be canceled <laughs> right right so, right well people There's don't no know because in the show for whatever reason they did not show anything about my career this season they didn't let me speak on anything you didn't hear me talking to my mom you didn't even hear a lot of confessionals but i was really upset that my stand-up tour that it took a long time to get 45 minutes of material to memorize that's so hard yeah. to write all of 45 minutes too I and mean, it turns like a into a song and you remember it but it takes a long time to put together 45 minutes when you're doing 10 minute sets in the city every right. night but and i so was this, sorry, this, every this is, night this is march 2020 right 2020 i was and, and, right okay. before and so is summer summer house is simultaneously airing correct yes okay but this is this is prior to your depiction as a villain, correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. You know, you're a content creator and you're a comedian, so you're constantly uh, you're constantly spitting out new ideas, and you have to sort of be in this free flowing creative state, right? As an actor, you know, who just has to read lines. Uh, or regurgitate lines and step into a character's shoes. I found that nearly impossible to do when I started receiving hate on social media. I just couldn't escape the thought that there were a lot of people that wanted me dead because I stopped dating my reality TV girlfriend, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, 
how do how, how so th- while while you're in this state of having to produce material, you have a big stand-up tour that you had to prepare for. I would I would imagine this mm-hmm. past winter, but mm-hmm. you were simultaneously being depicted as a villain in this TV show. How did you step outside of your? How did you leave your emotions at the door and create new material? So right when the stand-up tour got canceled because yeah. of COVID, my season four was airing, which was my like breakout season. Everyone loved me. Everyone, I'm everyone's best friend. Everyone loves me and Luke together. It's insane. It's bonanzas. But okay. but I also, so like, it's all positive. And then in the summer, I go into to film Summer House. And I'm telling, right after the, the filming, mm-hmm. I would, I would have like called my manager and been like, we're fucked. Like we're, in- I had no idea that I was going to be the villain no kidding i had no idea i was feeling like i stood up to a guy who disrespected me two guys who disrespected me and the stuff that was being said to me was so insanely horrible i mean but it was weird because when i would defend myself no one would jump in and then also they were saying that i like talked bad about their relationship when there's no evidence of it like, if I was right. talking shit on something, you would fucking know. Like, if it's an off-the-mark comment, like, clearly you're trying to create a storyline against me. Sure. Yeah. Um, sure. But I didn't yeah. think it would catch on because it wasn't true. Right. And then right. watching it, they're, like, in the car talking about it. And then they're, they're like, Hen is just, like, and then you just see me, like, walking to the bathroom. Like, <laughs> yeah. like Hen doesn't help. And I'm, like, walking to the bathroom. Oh, and I, I remember just, I would watch the episodes and I started having panic attacks after the episodes. I started just getting all this hate on social media. I couldn't go on my phone for about yeah. two months. Yeah. And my content, I'm not, the, I'm not just posting hot photos. Like, my content is bringing joy to people. Oh, my content easel. is being the yes. friend who is saying what everyone else is scared to say. My, yeah. Like, you have yeah. to be likable to make people laugh. Like, funny is a likable characteristic. And likability is, like, a complicated thing. But, like, right, you don't want right. to, you don't want to, it's like, you know when you walk in a room and you feel like everyone doesn't like you and you try to make a joke and people are like, shut up? That's how I felt filming all summer house with the people around me Uh, and then on so so social media i've been tweeting for years i started just doing my normal tweets and i was just queen of hilarious tweets thank you honey i started getting (laughs) i post a tweet like not any funnier or less funny than i've been doing and just hordes of people shut the fuck up you're horrible no one Mm. likes you you're so i don't mind when people don't think my shit is funny i mind when people are coming for me based on a show that's Right, knowing a part it, of me, it's skewed. Right, and it, it, in all reality, TV is skewed to a degree, and I think people need to realize that. And people, being on reality TV, people forget that you're an actual person with yeah. emotions, and they think that they think that their words uh, have no effect on you. And it, it, it's really sad that we live at a time where you know people feel the need to take out all their anger and hostility towards reality and TV people who are real people. Yeah, reality TV fans. And comedy fans are very different. There is some overlap. Yeah. But, but I, then the reality TV people. Look, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. reality TV people start combing through every podcast I've ever been on with like my stupid friends and like forget about just like it. trying forget to find it. bad jokes, trying to find anything possibly with like issues behind it. They didn't find anything legitimate, thank God. But you know, it's like sitting there knowing there's trolls who are just 
throwing things on the internet, seeing what'll take for people mm-hmm. to hate you more. What'll cancel they you? Started, they started rumors that I like copied tweets because they like found yeah. like a tweet trend no, that someone you, else wrote. You, you it your, was no, a fucking that's, nightmare, that's, JPJ. That's, gar- that's garbage. You definitely have your own voice. Uh, I mean, you're you're unique. I, I find that, look, people are going to look for anything to get upset about. Um, it sounds like these Bravo people are similar to Bachelor Nation. They'll, they'll do anything to... We'll do yeah. anything to put you down. That, that, that's really unfortunate. But to answer but your look, question, my creativity was shot. I could really? not, because I couldn't I, make I, myself I the, laugh. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really? feel like de- depression sometimes makes you creative, but I was in a point where everyone was looking at my shit so much and was like hating so much. And also, mind you, like, it's nothing I specifically did. They're just like, she's annoying this season. She's, she's, angry and crazy she needs to go to therapy and it was just very like oh gosh so like, i do the woman's it's, hysterical it's, yeah first of all i'm in therapy <laughs> fuck you guys second of all i'm a woman's hysterical because she didn't like how a man was talking to her and you guys have no don't understand the extent of what was said like it, right the, reality tv is not always real people and jpj i basically was like okay i know i had a dramatic season but i know deep down even if all four fights, they make it look like it was my fault. Someone has to appreciate what I brought this season. But like it wasn't right. it wasn't turning like that. I found out later on, now that we're spilling tea, <laughs> that like multiple I, castmates had like befriended these like hate troll accounts that oh just like gosh. every they were oh, obsessed man. with me every day. That's, stuff about me. Oh that's so annoying. But and look, I was like, why are they coming for me? What did I do? Oh my gosh. That's you know what so we should do? But look, let's yeah. start some rumors here. You have anything you want to start? No, no, no you can't play in the mud with people. You can't nah. play in the mud. It's and just, the answer to all of this, I don't know if you know this, JPJ, probably is when you ask <laughs> what to do to handle it, people are like, don't respond. And you know this bitch likes to talk. <laughs> so oh, I'm yeah. sitting there oh, feeling silenced. I can't explain my side of the story, just yeah. sitting there. And I think what it is is the anxiety was so bad that like I couldn't come up with funny shit. Like I just. So, so what did you do? So there's no process to reduce this anxiety. I, you, you don't so play I'm more doing tennis. My, I'm doing my stand up. Yeah. I just wasn't creating. So I was like okay. working on the stand up that I, and I was like writing more bits with that. And my, my stand up yeah. is such a different experience. Like I look out on the, on the phone and people are like die. And then I yeah. get on stage in person with like crowd of people and we're just laughing and we're having fun. And they, oh, it's me, yeah. it's unedited, hell it's yeah. unfiltered. Yeah. So I was getting these highs of performing at night. And then I wake uh, up okay. in the morning and you get the low of like your phone. I love creating. I love the idea of it, nothing was there and then you thought of something and then either it like gets shared by people or people laugh out loud. Like I, that's what I like to do. Right. Um, but like I, I couldn't post anything on social media because it would just get ripped yeah. apart. It, it's also no secret that you're represented by one of the most prestigious, if not the most prestigious, talent agency on the planet. So they, I would imagine they have some sort of uh, control over the strategy of your your comedy tour, House Broken. Mm-hmm. Uh, so good, you doing I, research. Summer House is in the rearview mirror. Okay, it's behind you. You, I, I, I just objectively looking mm-hmm. at the data, it looks like. You're on the open road, baby. The world is <laughs> the world is your oyster. You have an agent that believes in you. You get to tour all over the country and do what you love to do. Can't you 
I, I don't know. Can't oh no! You just yes. Put, can't you just put Summer House in the rearview mirror? It's got you know your names out there. People know who you are. People know you're hilarious. I feel like the the way it went down and the way I left the show was like the worst experience ever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I realized but that's that okay. like I would have stayed if that shit didn't happen to me. And like I'm yeah. in a relationship with someone who I'm like deeply in love with and care about. Congratulations. We would not, thank you. We would not have survived a season on Summer House together. Like it's not a place or like nothing unless I would survive, but it would have been a fucking nightmare. He visited for two days and he's a sober (laughs) 45 year old and they criticized him that he didn't hang out with them enough at night when he spent all day with them, multiple days. I don't, you probably know about the situation in that like, Reality TV is a drug where, like, oh, you basically yeah. do the bare minimum. You don't have to, like, work yeah. on a scale for anything. You just do, you're just yourself to an extent. Because how then, else, how else do you get your name out there? How? Yeah. And then you get treated like the fucking Beatles when people see you because they feel so attached to you. You're getting yeah. hundreds of thousands of followers. So when yeah. you, in your head, you're like, okay, this is not meant for me. Just because I might right. be a little good at it does not mean it's right for me. But even right. when you move on, you're like, but it's so, you know, there's all these plus. But then you realize, oh, but I'm dead inside. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I can totally understand it. I get so it. It's but, this look, in between. but look, you milked all the humor, uh, at least out of the season <laughs> that Devin, uh, my girlfriend and I saw. So you. Y- y- I don't see how that my, show could. I'm not your girlfriend, hun. I, I said, Dev, I said, Devin, my girlfriend and I, we all watched. Oh, there it. was the, there was the comma. Devin and I can both agree that you, you you sound to be a little bit in your head about this. That show had no purpose. There was no point to it. It was just, it was just your. Say how you really feel. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it just no, but it wasn't tell me meant if to I'm be wrong, the six week thing. I know, and but, when there's only one yeah. person stirring shit up, it's like, okay, what? Like, we can't have everyone look bad. Like, yeah. so we have to, like. I'm going to go ahead and say the things that you're not allowed to say, Hannah, because I'm sure that you're still under contract because it's been less than a year since the show has aired. I. I, I, let me go ahead and speak for you, Hannah, even though you did not tell me this. I'm saying this on my own accord. I just happen to believe on my own accord that there are producers provoking you the entire time. It's not like you're fully autonomous in that environment. You, There are definitely outside forces provoking the drama. Anyway, you seem to be you know, way too in your, in your head about it. You gave that season purpose. It was fun and interesting to watch because of you. Everybody Thank else you. seemed to fit into a, a mold, and it just felt repetitive watching everyone else. You made it interesting, so, <laughs> so I think I think you should leave satisfied because of that. And look, well, thank you, honey. Uh, you have the the most prestigious agent representing you. <laughs> did, did, when, when did when did you get signed by WME? I actually have been with them for a decent amount of time. I did a random, actually, like the third time I ever did stand up comedy. Yeah, I did a random show that like there was some like good talent on the show. Random show and a WME. This sounds like one of those. Like, I was in the mall. No, but I, I was doing a random show, and the WM agent was there. And he came up to me, and he was like, I think you're really talented. And I was like, thank you. And he was like, how long have you been doing comedy? And I was like, three. Like, three times. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Was that, like, was while, that was while you were doing stand-up. 
Well, Hannah, so, congratulate. That's that's really wow. Uh, that's really and this, exciting. And this guy was like, he was like, okay, are are you willing to work at this? And I was like, I'm hungry. And he's like, okay, if this is where you're at in three sets, like we're gonna take over the world together. And I I got very excited. And he's just believed in me. And I'm definitely like not his, you know, big earner. But right. he he he's given me the belief that like I can, you know, go on tour and we're growing together. So it's exciting. Is, is there an added amount of pressure as a result of being repped by this guy? I feel more confident. Like he gave me like a seal of approval. Like I believe in this girl. I feel as though people have a whole career in stand up before well, they even, yeah. Stand, my stand up has been weird because I, I've been writing for a while and I right. love the camera. So like put right. together when I was on stage, I was like, Oh my, I was like, I not, I don't even like, really yeah. get anxiety like i love going on the stage and i would was get i would get so i would throw up before tennis matches yeah would you say you sort of get like a heightened sense of awareness while you're on stage like you're just totally in control i'm i'm just totally in the zone where like oh man i'm like just yeah you're not thinking of anything else you're just in the fucking zone and you're in this high and you and you're kind of wild, like you can take risks, whatever. But I just feel you like can say I'm, whatever you want. <laughs> say whatever fuck I want, and I'm. I just feel like I'm in my right space. Like tennis, yeah. I was good at, but I felt I never felt like I really belonged. And comedy is what I feel like I belong. And the first time I ever did comedy was in front of 150 people. No, like 200 people at Caroline's. I did 10 minutes. Mm. Have you, did, did you did you have any experience? Have you bombed yet? It's funny. I've had a lot of like very small shows like you know you show up somewhere and it's like six people uh, five people so like uh, i've had shows that like went badly but i like i haven't i've had jokes bomb i mm. haven't really had situations where it's, it sounds crazy but like yeah i mean i've had sets that i'm like oh like the, the crowd wasn't great or like i blame the crowd or whatever oh, <laughs> but man. overall you gotta be like you just have to you can't you don't deserve laughs like you're not the one that says this is funny. They decide what's funny. Right. So I just, I'm also like, I don't have much of an ego when I go on. Like if I get a couple laughs, like I feel good and I feel like proud of myself that I even got up there. And I think that attitude has like helped me improve a lot. Cause I haven't been as, I haven't been scared to go on stage. Oh, um, awesome. Can I, I confess something? Yeah. I, I, did, I do stand up too. I did try doing it as a baby once. I was like, let's do it as a character. So I did stand up as a baby and I've never bombed harder <laughs> than anyone in the world. It was so fucking embarrassing. Well, whenever oh, you're trying something new, you it's you bomb a lot. And if you're doing the yeah. whole thing as something new, that's like bomb central. Yeah, I oh, had like the gosh. same set for like a year. And then I was like, yeah. let's just go in a diaper and see what happens. <laughs> you are hysterical. But now you I can tell it's the podcast. That, that's awesome. <laughs> that's I would have hilarious. loved to have seen that. I'm talking big bottle and like shaker and then diaper and no one <sighs> laughed at all. You know oh, what? Oh, man. That is so fun. That is so fun. It's the funniest thing I've ever heard. But that's, a, but that's a great growth experience because how could life get any worse than that? You've already been. You've already been. You've if you already bomb been normally, the- you're like, at least I have a diaper on. But yeah, I've definitely like bombed in, in like just tough small rooms, like three people and like they brought their kid and you're like, I'm not, are you guys fucking kidding me? Uh, but it's like, but a lot of people in comedy is like, you got to bomb. You got to bomb. It's like, why don't. Do you really? Because it's easy to bomb. I could bomb all the time if I wanted to. So, like, my right. thing is always just like, 
creating new jokes, yeah. trying to slide them in while also just like being free on stage, yeah. not afraid to bomb, yeah. but not like being like, I need a bomb to be great. Does, does the it, performance prior to yours have any impact on your interaction? That's on, such a good question. Does the, yeah. So like if somebody's crushing it before you, does that create a little bit of uh, mounting pressure on your end? So stereotypically in comedy, if someone's like killing it, as they call it, like doing well, right. it like makes the comic after nervous. But like, I'm oh. weird. Like, I don't just because they're like, oh, no, like they're killing it and whatever. I'm weird with comedy where I don't have a lot of like preconceived anxiety with it, where I'm like, if they're not laughing at a comic, I get nervous because I'm like, mm. ooh, the crowd's tough. Like they're just not in like a laughing mood i want the person before me to crush and also further fucking more like when it comes to people coming like featuring for me or like doing shows with me like i want the funniest fucking people surrounded by me because i just always want to be like inspired Mm. and because some people straight up are like want their opener to just bomb so when they come Uh, in they're like amazing but like i want the crowd to be like this show has been so good from a to z um, but co- comedy and podcasting is so collaborative and I think I really love that oh. as opposed to tennis where I was always just having to like beat someone's ass and I was like, <laughs> I didn't love that energy all the time. Right. Right. Like I like competing with myself, but not necessarily like meaning like I have to take someone down. And right. also you just saying that right now proves you're such a good person. Oh. Just <laughs> wanna, like, come on people. Yeah. She doesn't yeah. want the comic no, before her to bomb. I am such a... <laughs> I'm so bad at confrontation and like I was scared of it my first two seasons I really didn't get into it much I once a girl said I like wasn't that feminine and it like kind of upset me and they were like you should you should confront her she's not feminine enough (laughs) and I shirt up done yeah I was like you want to see my labia clap like what do you want Uh. so I actually did that in a confessional and they were like Bravo's not about the word labia and I was like that's anti-feminist because that's just a part of your body okay right John Paul Jones just kidding. Right, Jack? So I said, I said to the girl, I was like, "Hey, like, I know you've been bringing up that I'm like I'm feminine enough, and I just think it's I don't I just like." And she goes, "Why didn't you bring me this up immediately when I said it?" And I was like, "Uh, I don't. I was just." Uh, and she, I ended up apologizing to her. Like that's me in confrontation. But then this last season, I'm not like I don't like yell with my friends. I don't yell with my family like obviously we're not perfect but like yelling's not my thing so i would just start crying like i get you too worked eat. up and i'd be like ah, 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 and i would just cry and like say weird shit like i don't know how to fight with people. i just want to eat yeah. i just want to actually eat and like call it a day so anyway yeah so, yeah. so hannah uh seeing our culture move in the direction it is do you see or do you anticipate uh your sets kind of dodging the cancel culture at all because like a lot of the Big comedians talk about that. Joe Rogan, Dave Chappelle, Jerry Seinfeld won't even do stand up now because he's worried about offending people. And I know that you love, I know that you love to, you know, you love to talk and you have historically speaking been, yeah. yeah. I mean, I've done hundreds of hours of podcasts. um, And I do think it's important for people to understand like the motive behind things. Like if you're trying to make people laugh, and a lot of comics are like, Within the comedy community are things like if you're going to say something that's edgy, make sure it's fucking funny. Because if you're just being offensive and not funny, it's like we can't defend you in that. But for me, a lot of my comedy is like I'm not I haven't delved into that much like judging culture type thing. Like I don't Mm. really I'm not like up on the politics of stuff. It's a lot of like my internal struggles and like like dating and falling in love. And I mean, I do judge like. 
Yes, that shit. Like the farting. And so like my stuff doesn't really go towards anywhere that's controversial. I do think like I definitely have, I like looking at the lens through like a woman and shit. So, but no, I'm a hundred percent. I'm worried about it. Oh, you are. I mean, I have had a couple situations of like, you know, things pulled out of context and, you know, Uh, jokes that people don't like and mm. I've apologized and, um, uh, it's kind of like your people get you and um, you just kind of have to keep learning. But I do think it's important for people to understand holding someone accountable versus someone like outwardly trying to bully or hurt to someone. Right, right. And well, I, well, I no, think, but even like the person yeah, trying I, to cancel you, like, are they doing this at, oh, out of spite? Yeah. And right. like, or is this someone really trying to help the world? You know? Right, yeah. right. I, I think people, generally speaking, need to understand that. Comedy is an art form, and mm-hmm. the purpose of it is to is for comedians to help others bear the burden of consciousness. If we can't, mm-hmm. if we can't make, if we can't laugh at ourselves, what, what, what can we? What is there to freaking 100%. laugh at? Hundred percent. And comedians are the and, ones who are supposed to push the boundaries and say what people are thinking, but feel like they can't say. Yeah. Question culture, like that's what's so cool about comedy. However, like comedy has changed. It's not just like a white guy on stage making racist right. jokes. And that's why I think, like me personally, my stand up, like I'm not, I'm not worried necessarily about like cancel culture. It's more like when I get into conversations and in podcasts and I get asked all types of things about all things going yeah. on. Um, uh, and you, but I do think like rhetoric is important. The stuff we say does affect culture. Um, but it's important to understand like con- context and stuff and not just try to like ruin people's lives because they have a presence or like right. cause they have a blue check or, mark. Right, right, right. <laughs> Wait, this right. is a perfect segue into the game that Hannah and I talked about. JPJ has no idea like what's about to happen. Um, oh gosh. So mm. when you were on Hannah's podcast, she made you so uncomfortable, and I think that was the funniest part. Oh, so I thought, you want to do? Why not do that, do that okay. again? Okay, I only have like three questions. So. Perfect, perfect. Because cool. I can talk to you guys all night, and it's dangerous. <laughs> okay. Yep. okay, he said sure. He's fine. He's not mad at me. Lay it on me. Wait, let's do it. Okay, making JPG so, uncomfortable is my favorite hobby. Lay it on I know. me. It's let's so go. Fun. So easy too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, first question I have is do you sit or stand when you pee? That's a great <laughs> question. Uh I like to stand preferably outside. I feel the most free while doing that. Outside. I don't know. It's inside it's you said? Ju- it's <laughs> No, no. If if, if I gosh. Uh, <laughs> I love when he goes, uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, oh gosh. Good. I feel like an animal at the zoo. You guys are just throwing <laughs> crackers at me and expecting me to dance. Give me a break. Um, well, no, I prefer I prefer to pee standing, preferably outside. Okay. It's just a okay, primitive take thing. Take note, ladies. He's a stander. And I apologize uh, to anyone who this is grossing out. I This is completely outside of my control. I'm being ganged up on by Devin and Hannah. So uh, it is what Hannah. it is, as they say. Do you have a question, Hannah? I'm going to say, JPJ, yes. do you ever regret that your parents gave you two first names and that people have to call you JPJ? <laughs> no, um, I honestly regret p- 
putting my full name on the whole whole bachelor application, because if I just said my name was John Jones, it would have been left at that. You know, but now everybody calls me JPJ, which is okay. Wait, do Uh, people call you John Paul? Oh, yeah, all the time. Even people who I've known my whole life who have always called me John now call me John Paul. That's not because So your name is John. John. You're just John. My name, I am, to me, I'm just John. Everybody else calls me John Paul. I thought I had to call you JPJ. Like, I wasn't fucking with you. I thought you, like, got weird if I I didn't. People usually call me John, and even this happened in high school. People would call me John, but then somehow they'd learn what my middle name was, and then they felt obligated to call me JPJ or John Paul Jones, because apparently it's kind of fun to say. I mean, John it Paul Jones so. is hilarious. hilarious. Saying John. Oh, John is a whole different vibe. John is yeah. like laid back, like simple man. You're not a John. <laughs> I totally am a Wait, John. Wait, you're not a John. Okay. I oh. am. I am, but whatever. It is It is what it is. Okay. I have another <clears throat> one. You're mm-hmm. definitely not going to like this. Um, do you have a sexy time playlist that you made? <laughs> Whoa, Devin. Whoa. Whoa. Getting into it. Um, Whoa. Uh, I I don't. Um, he does. It took way too long to answer. I don't. I don't. The answer is no. Um, it, it, I'm just going to leave it at that. Do you There's put music no. on during sex? Uh... <laughs> he does. He does. I, no, I, he likes to. He wants them to hear his voice. I what, mean, his well, voice who, is butter. Who, Your voice who, is like yeah. butter. Oh my gosh, you're way too kind. It really <laughs> isn't. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll defer that question. Um, I, the answer, the answer is no. Um, I don't, I don't do any of those things. You know, you say when you find something that you're good at, but then you stop doing it. Like you should actually be a voiceover artist because I think. That's definitely, definitely what you're good at. You could be oh every commercial. Gosh. Good money in that. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. Um, do you have erectile th- dysfunction? <laughs> Don Paul Jones can help. <laughs> it's the most masculine. Yeah, that's so uh, funny. That's funny. Yeah. No, I, I actually don't have representation for uh, uh, doing voiceovers. I'll take your word for it. I really don't think anything of my voice. Uh, I, I have yet to hear anybody really compliment me on that so i think you guys are effing with me and i <laughs> no, don't appreciate not. it but no, you have i think a great after voice. our first podcast i said you need to get one wait i have a question who's your <laughs> actor man crush oh that's a great question that you would L- like you would like let him you would little spoon with and he would like yeah. you. leonardo dicaprio oh leo he has- he hasn't had a bad movie. The guy has yet to make a bad movie. He's delivered us from horrible movies. Um, I think he's. Uh, I think he's incredibly. I, I think he is single-handedly responsible for you know maintaining uh, like the good, uh, like good, good movies. Um, he just doesn't do a bad movie, and I think uh, good movies get made because of him. Uh, and he's just an incredibly good-looking guy. I'm a incredibly attracted to him i'd hug him if i ever saw him maybe a smooch on the cheek right yeah hell yeah that was a great answer why not <laughs> i have one last Are you question guys for done both making of you. me feel uncomfortable oh my gosh this yeah. one is, you're not gonna get uncomfortable at all i promise okay i, I all pinky right. promise all right so, fine fine if you could choose anyone to be in a summer house season who would it be if if i could choose yeah anybody if you to were be in a- summer house 
and you could choose like your five people to be there, who would it be? Mm. Oh, man, that's a good great question. question. Yeah. Um, LeBron James, Leonardo <laughs> okay. DiCaprio, of course, Brad Pitt, Quentin okay. Tarantino, and so this is a frat house, not a summer it's, house. It's a sausage fest. Oh, yeah. fine. Uh, if we could have one girl, Margot Robbie, because she's of incredible, of course. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, not your I, girlfriend. I, Interesting. Yeah. How dare you? <laughs> well, I think that I, I, I think that's a given. Hey, hey, hey! Wait, 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 wait! You you went on the summer house without your fiance. Can't I go to I the summer house for a few? I was not engaged yet. Can I? I didn't even know him. But I knew him for two weeks. But he, he was, was your boyfriend rumors, of a couple of weeks. Actually, he was your yeah, boyfriend. That, that, he was, your... that was the rumor that I was dating him. I only knew the guy for two weeks. Don't even start uh, with me, JPJ. Oh, we'll wow. fight right now. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, who do I, who do I Wait, want? Wait, I definitely fight? think you could beat John in a fight, too. Like physically oh, and mentally. Yeah. Let me just say, I only felt I only feel uncomfortable being asked these questions because it's over a podcast. If there were no, <laughs> microfo- if there were no microphones or... Uh, you know, thousands of people listening in on this. I would feel way less. I would feel way less insecure. But I don't know. I have a, I have a knack for uh, <laughs> leaving my comfort zone when. No, when but asked JPJ is good questions. at running. He could get away fast. Also, my hair has dried throughout um, this podcast, and we love it. I was gonna it. say that it's fully. I mean, a- highlighter. Who is she? You have a blowout. I know. Who needs a blowout? Oh. Um. So the people who would be in my summer house are Blake Griffin. I think he's funny. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to go like athlete, whatever. Um, I would have Kate McKinnon. She's on the TV right now, commercial. Oh, sure. I think she'd be fun. I just want people who are like crazy, but like in a sick hu- sense of humor type of way. Um, <laughs> wait, I can want I just li- ask you? Is, wait, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Lil Dicky. Oh my God, absolutely. Oh, whoa. Are you, familiar with, are you familiar with Lil Dicky? Yeah, are you familiar oh, with Lil Dicky? Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I love how his career has, is like he just surprises the shit out of everyone. His, his music videos are the most interesting things I've ever seen. They've definitely like, and he's know, not like a stand-up. He just out of nowhere no. like did this shit, and then and now he just writes f- his own sitcom. And I'm like, this is so cool. The dream. <laughs> yeah, um, that's Bo so Burnham. Cool. Agreed. Oh, have oh, you watched you? Inside? Did you cry your eyes not, out the entire time? Not. Yes, John Paul Jones. I did. It's it's, a, it's an artistic work. I know. I, I, hey, hey, hey! I followed, but I, I I was a huge Bo Burnham fan before he blow up before he blew up and started doing all this TV. His yeah. YouTube videos were so brilliant. You need it was to watch it and tell me what you think inside with your girlfriend. But trigger warning: inside? he trigger is warning. naked for one part, and you might get uncomfortable. I oh my it. gosh! Devin, I mean, it is really hard to him. make me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> we uh, it. Outside, He's outside of the podcast interviewing arena, it's really hard to make <laughs> me feel uncomfortable. It's just the personal questions, uh, you know, over the podcast format. I feel like I have to up, you know, act a certain way. So. Uh, that's the only. Re- I, I will not feel uncomfortable watching Bo Burnham. He's, it's he's very incre- good. Yeah, thanks for yeah, the so suggestion, Hannah. I've been I've been struggling to find like great TV recently. Yeah, like, we've I watched, all like the- finished Netflix over quarantine. I know. Like, I know. Yeah. I'm really excited to see that. I really haven't given Bo Burnham's TV uh, a shot, but I'll I'll be curious to watch it because he's just a creative genius. Well, Hannah, you're 
crushing it in our book. Uh, I really hope our listeners enjoyed our, uh, this conversation. Make sure you go see her comedy tour, House Broken. You will not be disappointed. Hannah, it was great talking to you. The best of luck with everything. Thank you. you. Have the way I see it, the world is your oyster, and <laughs> I wish you nothing but the best in your career. I, I really enjoyed uh, you are this conversation. The sweetest. Devin, uh, it was so nice to meet you and JPJ. Whenever you're in the city, we'll catch up and we'll talk some shit. Oh, hell yeah. I'll we won't go out, it. but we'll like look- talk shit. We'll like go to dinner. <laughs> I, I, I look, I, I'll look forward to it. I, I, I don't like going out either, so that sounds great. I look, I'll look forward to talking to you when there finally aren't any cameras around. That will be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Hannah, we'll get wild. Perfect. It will. Best of luck with everything, Hannah. Great talking to you. Thank you, Thanks. guys. Thanks Ciao. so much. Bye. I really enjoyed our chat with Hannah Burner. That was a lot of fun. She is hilarious, and what a good sport, too. She seemed to be in really good spirits, despite her depiction as the villain on Summer House. She's she really ripped a- apart the past few weeks. I know. Gosh. <laughs> but she's got a great head on her shoulders, and she's so funny. I can't wait for you guys to check her out at hannahburner.com. Make sure you check out where she'll be touring. If she happens to be in a city near you, go look at hannahburner.com and go get some laughs. The woman is hilarious. What a multi-talented individual. I really feel inspired, and I hope that you guys join us next week for another interview with an interesting person. Jibba-jabba with JPJ! Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.